Hi, everyone. Uh, just at the top, I wanted to say that there's a content warning uh, about one hour, one minute. There's a mention of a death in the family. Uh, it's just in the abstract and it's related into character bleed and stuff like that. So if that's not for you, uh, you can either skip this episode, uh, but it's not mentioned until one hour, one minute. And if you think that's OK for you, you can always skip over at that point. But there's nothing wrong with you saying, no, that's just not for me. I also wanted to take this opportunity to say thank you so much for listening to our show. Uh, we're at 10 episodes, which is wild. Uh, I'm having the best fun and I'm able to talk about TTRPGs and LARPs and, and all wonderful things with my friends. And I'm having an incredible time and I hope you are too. So thank you very much from me and the rest of the At The Table crew. Uh, and please enjoy the episode. Hello, and thanks for tuning in to At The Table. Tonight, as always, we have our incredible host, CJ. Hi, I'm CJ. And this is Jess. Hi, I'm Jess. I don't know why that came out so well. I want everyone to know I waved at the camera. <laughs> we'll get Sue Perkins on. <laughs> Jess is like, why are you waving at me? I'm just like, I've missed something. What? No, I'm just an idiot. <laughs> I think because I changed it because you usually like do the high high pack of pixies type thing back, Jess. I, so I'm like, I'm going to change it. I'm going to change the wording so you can't trip me. Oh, I've been tricked. Oh, Bamboozled. <laughs> truly, truly and incredibly. Help. <laughs> We're very professional. I'm Sam. I get to edit this nonsense. <laughs> Woo. I'm here. Thank you, for, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, this week, as always, interesting things have been happening in the TTRPG space. Uh, what have we been up to, team? CJ, please present. What, oh, what's been happening? What's the goings on? I've been playing Dragonlance. Okay, I'm, no, I'm not going to get us started again. <laughs> <laughs> now, aside from Dragonlance, which is still baller, just to report, um, mm -hmm. I have been playing dystopia rising evolution on onyx path on the onyx path which is on twitch um it's their channel on twitch i have introduced it phenomenally and incredibly smoothly at this point um <laughs> this is i'm having a good time with this system it is their d10 system story path system so same as trinity continuum scion etc uh, but this setting, and I think I touched on this briefly before, this setting is uh, like four generations after the initial zombie apocalypse. Mm. So um, it must be it nice is... to play something that's fairly contemporary because we obviously play a lot of fantasy, both sci-fi and uh, like historical fantasy. Is it yeah. nice to play something a bit more grounded? I guess. Um, I no, I'm an escapist, Sam. Um, <laughs> But that being said, uh, I do enjoy it. I enjoy a little bit of a change. Um, I think when I first branched out into uh, games that were at least loosely based on real time periods, it was a bit more um, unusual 
and you know fun for me now mm. it's and i don't mean this in a bad way it's just another ttrpg for me now it's not like ooh, i get to play something that's not a hyphen i'm like i am very 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 fortunate to get to play a lot of different ttrpgs multiple times a week at this point in my life um something i need to chill out about but um <laughs> <laughs> no that, more that being said um so it is really for me it then comes down to the specific setting and the system um and even more than that really if i'm being realistic the thing that makes one game for me versus another is the gm and the mix of players mm. so um, I haven't had a bad mix of players in a very long time or a bad GM in a very long time. So that's super exciting. Um, and yeah, I'm playing a really not charismatic uh, Sawbones uh, doctor type nomad um, that is even more awkward than I could have planned or tried. <laughs> because when you uh, act awkward as a character, but you're also naturally awkward, it just doubles and uh it's just like you just assume it would cancel out but instead it just nope, stacks it okay cool <laughs> just to warn you it does not get better in this circumstance it gets worse <laughs> so there have been a lot of funny moments there but overall i can just say i'm really enjoying the setting i'm a big fan of zombie settings i don't know what it is about them i'll do a deep dive into my psyche at some point to find out but not today sam what have you been up to um, I've been chronically doing Lancer stuff. Uh, I I uh, I managed to find a little pot of money that I hadn't used yet, and so I was like, "Ooh!" Uh, and so uh, and I also noticed there was a Kickstarter ticking down. So Olive, who did Lancer Tactics, which is going to be a video game version of Lancer, uh, that really slaps. Uh, it's it's just broken its final stretch goal of one hundred fifty thousand dollars. So they're going to be working on that full time. Uh, for a year it's really good it's been backed by lancer i also bought lancer's uh, introductory module solstice rain reads really well love it very like halo odst vibes and i also i also bought uh, frozen crown by laurie connell sam from the future here that is actually stolen crown by laurie o'connell uh, as in sleeping above a stolen crown a three-part adventure for Lancer set in the frozen wastes of the planet Spa. Uh, it's very good. I definitely recommend you check it out. It's in the show notes, by the way. Thanks. Bye. Uh, which has like a little physical zine. So I got a I haven't had any physical Lancer products and I really wanted to read something with my hands that was Lancery. And so I got a little zine and some maps and it's got a digital download. So I've just been doing that pretty much all week. Just going like, please, someone let me talk about big robots. Uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of what I've been doing. Obviously, we've been playing Dragonlands. 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 We have gotten multiple Lancer uh, messages in our Dragonlands chat. We've all enjoyed it. I just <laughs> yeah. want you to know. Uh, yeah. Everyone's yeah, very eager much. to talk. I think I think um, another player was the one that brought it up with you first, um, if I remember correctly, in the chat. So I had I previously primed. I'd previously primed James to know that I had been reading Lancer and then he just messaged like, oh, there's a Kickstarter. I was like, oh, has there? I had already backed it at that stage. Oh, that's good. <laughs> oh, that's good to know, James. I'll uh, check it out. Let's have a little chat about Lancer then. <laughs> big but robots no, and big feelings. Um, yeah. I don't think I'm half as excited as Sam, but I'm still excited. 
I've completely lost track of like where you guys are in the chat with regards to most of the Lancer stuff. So I'm just like, oh, they're talking about robots again. Cool. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Whatever. So valid. <laughs> I just watch mostly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a I'm a Lancer spectator. Oh, you perfect. A voyeur. <laughs> a Lancer voyeur. I you choked kids, over that word. Are you kids playing your Gundams again? <laughs> your Gundams? Listen, I, I love Gundam. Don't get me started. <laughs> I think we should have a Lancer chat. Um, no, I think we should definitely have any episode each where we just like completely nerd out about a particular system and the other and the other two are like okay you're fine but we are gonna we're gonna rein you in occasionally <laughs> the word i was going to use there was a uh, info dump but nerd yes. out is fine too <laughs> that's perfect that is yes info dumps better yeah i like that i think an info dump session would actually be really fun and kind of funny um and it would just be a situation of if you're not into or curious about this subject you might want to skip this episode <laughs> can we do it like a h-bomber guy video where it's like cool everything you need to know about the thing i'm about to talk about is in the first 15 minutes don't look yeah. at the don't look at the runtime which is four hours don't look at that cool if you want to leave now bye okay i think they're gone let's go listen <laughs> tommy tellerico is a liar <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> I, this is this is the format that we live and breathe for, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else in between and outside of there. Are, eh. um, yeah, coming so, soon. <laughs> Sam explains Lancer. <laughs> so to cut myself off before I just keep talking about it, Jess, Hi. what's happening? <laughs> what you doing? What's going on? So it's been quite a quiet week for me in the land and realm of uh, TTRPGs, uh, aside from Dragonlance. Um, the things that I've sort of been prioritizing at the moment, because I realized I wasn't getting a lot in, was reading. And I've been reading um, Children of Memory by Adrian Tchaikovsky, which is part of the Children of Time trilogy. Adrian is an absolute master in world building. So I, whenever I build a world for a campaign, I will generally refer to his tactics and his methods um, and try and bring in some of the, those elements uh, to sort of make a campaign as unique as humanly possible. So Children of Memory is the sort of third installment. It might be the final installment. I hope it's not in that series. Um, and it's incredible. It breaks your heart at every turn. Um, so I would highly recommend that for anybody who is a fan of Tchaikovsky and hasn't uh, read that yet or is looking for a new author to go and nerd out about. Um, if, if you don't like spiders, he's great. Um, <laughs> if you do, stay away. Uh, <laughs> and then also uh, my partner, Paul, um, has had a very, very busy TTRPG week uh, and got invited down to the... Uh, UK premiere. Uh, oh, oh no, sorry, he got invited down. Yes, he did get invited down to the premiere, um, and then also to a lock-in at London Tower, uh, where uh, he got to say hello to the entire cast of uh, Honor Among Thieves, um, and had a very very nice time. And they seem generally to have picked up on the fact that the film is pretty good from the the initial reception has come through nice. um the cast seem to get on and they've also leaned into D themselves like they play with the exception of hugh grant who apparently does not play DD, which has broken me body and soul to learn but chris <laughs> pine does so like we get something um 
I think it's because he's from uh, like a second edition like adventure and he's just stepped out into our real world. He doesn't play <laughs> D&D. He's from the text. He is D&D. Yeah. <laughs> Hugh Grant is D&D is like I don't that's know next why. Tattoo. That's a DLC that's a, that's something somewhere that's tagged onto a main adventure. <laughs> Hugh Grant is the storyline. Um but yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of stuff around at the moment with regards to like reviews i think people thought it was going to be pretty terrible um mm. after the trailer reveal people were saying like oh tiefling doesn't look like that was the big thing i think coming away like what what were they meant to be why is it why are the horns so tiny why is the skin so not a different color not a not an incredible rainbow color as we've come to expect from tieflings like what what is this and why um they've clearly not paid attention to the source text it's going to be shite and then all of the OGL stuff dropped and everyone was doubly convinced it was going to be terrible. Um, it sounds like it's pretty good fun. And yeah. it's going some way to redeeming D&D with its core audience base. It seems to be the vibe that I'm getting from online at the moment. But I don't know if anybody else has seen trailers and stuff and is excited to go and see it. Um, what do you guys think? Well- I'm excited to hear all of the good stuff. Um, and I think redeeming it among, you know, it's not even necessarily an after the trailer situation or an after this, that situation. It's that <laughs> there were several Dungeons and Dragons movies in the early 2000s. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, we do. Yep. And we don't really, do we talk, do we talk about them? Because we don't, we don't, we don't Look, talk Jeremy about Jeremy worked with what he had. Okay. <laughs> And the man gave irons, okay? <laughs> I um I have a I was gifted um for a Cursed. birthday the VHS of the uh of one of the original I think the original Dungeons and Dragons like two thousand era movie, which mm-hmm. would have just come out a few years ago at the time I was given this. I've never made it through. Oh can, can I we have all... watched it in entirety. Oh, I was going to ask, has anybody made it through Watch Party? I mean, I've I've had it on in its entirety, but I cannot reasonably say I remember focusing on it for the entirety of the movie. So, in you know, was that um, 12-year-old CJ with ADHD or was that the quality of the movie? We'll never know. Oh man, I I would be really interested in revisiting it and seeing. Uh, I see Ginny D's done a video where she's gone through and like, yeah, it's over time. It's a bit it's a bit weird in comparison to other major movies that were made, you know, six months ago. Like obviously, it's contemporary with the Lord of the Rings trilogy, mm-hmm. and people are like these really uh, these exist in the same time zone. Like these, uh... and it's very like you're sort of like so. This was made in the early nineties, right? Right, yeah. 2000s. No. Yep. yep 2000s. Exactly. The first one was 2000, and then I think subsequent were like a couple of years apart from that. And it just screams of Hasbro trying its best to figure out the thing it's bought because yeah. they only bought them in '99. So no way. They, yeah. yeah. So the year after they go, cool. We can we can license this to to hell and back. Like, let's go. Yes, a film. It tanked. Try again. <laughs> Um, I also would like you all to know that the, because I've just looked it up, the Dungeons and Dragons 2000 movie mm-hmm. uh-huh. has a 
10% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh. It has a 20% audience score of 25,000 ratings. Holy shit. So it's not even like five people watched it and panned it. 25,000 people were like, this is garbo. <laughs> God. It took it took Hasbro more than 20 years to realize it actually needs to get in touch with the key audience base first and then put out this like it needs to figure out what it's got and then put something out. I think my favorite discourse and I didn't lay heavily on on a side I just enjoyed it which is rare that I enjoy discourse but my mm-hmm. favorite discourse was this is really goofy it should be this stupid and everyone being like that have you played Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> my guy sir <laughs> and I think that was my favorite moment in the leading up to this movie being released was that discourse specifically my greatest yeah. hope for this film uh that I am seeing in less than 24 hours. I'm so, I'm so excited. And my greatest hope is that it's going to be like Game of Thrones mixed with Fast and Furious. And I, <laughs> I hope this above all else. Look, they've um, got Auntie Donna in it. Like, they yeah. know what they're doing. They've, they've figured it out. I want to say they've gotten something in here that's going to work. And I'm very excited. Uh, Paul, who has just come in the room... Um, was raving about it and said it was really good. good fun and is hoping that we will figure out um well we will be able to bond over bits and have the same opinions about certain things and apparently there's one thing that everyone's picked up on so far mm-hmm. and now i'm gonna be looking out for that uh just watching it hawk-eyed like what's the thing what's the thing what's the thing hey did you like the movie i can't remember i was trying to find the thing to find the fucking thing this is this is the that's how my brain works so i'm not going to enjoy tomorrow now i'm going to be looking for this thing (laughs) i i had two points Uh, a lot of people were doing the the discussion and take down like well it's not accurate too uh the druids a wild shaping into an elbow i'm like wow i now know that i never want to play a game with you you do not sound fun (laughs) druids are hard enough as it is let druids have fun okay they are like more difficult than wizards for no apparent reason uh just a big neon sign over this person's head that says i do not believe in rule of cool yeah exactly um And then, like, there was a lot of people saying, you know, the OGLs just happened. Has no one remembered what's just happened? I'm like, yeah. And they've walked back some stuff. But also, I want to go see a fun movie about D&D. I want to be, like, we're in the golden age of, like, uh, geekdom and nerddom. I'm going to watch the movie because I want to see the thing that I love doing celebrated on the big screen. And I just don't care. I want it to be dumb and fun. Like, the the big red dragon's called Timber Chode. Like, come on, we're not... (laughs) I know. <laughs> I'm, no. I'm, I'm actually, I don't like count my chickens before they hatch, but I'm yeah. like, you know what? I think I'm going to go see the movie, which is a big step for me. And I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to actually enjoy it. Yeah. Temperature. I can't go over temperature. I love him. He's a big chunky boy. I relate. I am seems like he's doing now. He's a big chunky boy who's causing a lot of mischief. He's just a silly boy, you know. Oh. He's a silly boy who's just in a big oh, body. Right. I. I. Yeah. I. Yeah. Require this. A big chunky like. I. Uh, Hajikal like stuffed IKEA pillow of and the. Oh lord, he come in dragon. 
is something yeah. I think every campaign needs. <laughs> a heckin' chonker. A heckin' chonker. He's, he's just a big boy. I love him. If I saw a dog that was the exact proportions of that dragon, I'm like, here he come. Who's a good boy? <laughs> yep. <laughs> and if we've learned anything from um, our experiences in D&D... Dragons can also be good boys. They can be very good boys. <laughs> Such good boys. <laughs> <laughs> so, this leads us very seamlessly. Um, and in the, it's not seamless at all. We're completely changing track. Um, Time to 180 to a much more serious topic. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> oh. So, this week... Uh, uh, all words have exited my head pretty much immediately. Um, Sam. We're going to talk about bleed, right, Sam? That's it, yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good Lord. So I saw a lot on Twitter <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. This is not contemporary discussions. Uh, it's something we thought about discussing just after we released the last podcast. And there's a lot in Twitter talk about uh, bleed, uh, which is a term that I'm familiar with from the LARP scene. And it was, and the way it was used on Twitter was in a very interesting way. And I was trying to figure out what had happened. So we thought we'd talk about uh, bleed, which uh, I've got a definition from Nordic LARP wiki, because I feel like it's the, it can be very different things for different people, because this is people who usually don't have scientific or psychological background trying to emulate how feelings are. So from the Nordic LARP wiki, people often refer to bleed in when it's a player's emotional state that affects a character. So you've brought something to the table. Uh, for example, a scared player may lead to a character that is jumpy, nervous, or overly cautious. Bleed out is referred to bleed in the other direction. Uh, here it is that the character's inner state affects the player. So a character who is in love with another character may bleed out into a player feeling affectionate towards another uh, character and or their player so, so those are two definitions of bleed because i think people were using bleed and people were getting cross-purposed about like oh, do you mean bleed and it was used a lot uh in conjunction with a lot of discussion of actual play uh and i think it must have been to do with critical role which i haven't been keeping up with unfortunately uh, but people were saying like uh the actual play has a responsibility of bleed, but I wanted to talk about bleed at your table and, mm. and what that means. Because we brought it up in the chat and we were like, oh, we've all felt this in uh, yes. very varying degrees. Um, so, I will say the terms bleed in and bleed out are new to me uh, starting on this research we've done. Um, mm. I've always just heard bleed. Yeah, um, me too. And it is just kind of a umbrella term for you and your character's emotions getting kind of enmeshed uh, mm. sometimes sometimes in an okay way sometimes in a maladaptive way so i'm very yeah mm. i have ne i hadn't heard the term bleed before uh because I, I maybe it's because i do i don't lap uh but it's never been a term applied to the table and then when we were discussing it i was like oh yeah, no, I get these feelings all the time. Doesn't everyone? <laughs> like, what's, what is this? Um, so yeah, no, it's nice to know it has a terminology within game, but with a psychological background as well, and that I have a degree in psychology, um, I know a little bit about how we would process this in, in behavioral and psychological terms. So mm -hmm. there's, there's that as well. Um, but yeah, it's going through some of the stuff that... Um, 
like the Nordic Wiki um, and other articles that people have put together of their own experiences as well. It's been really interesting to read through. Um, and it's really eye-opening. There are some, like, I didn't realize how how serious it could get, but there mm. were some accounts on there of, like, people having, like, marriages destroyed um, <laughs> because of Bleeding Game. And I, yeah. I, it never crossed my mind, actually, that it could get that serious. So, well, and I think from your background in psychology and um i i'm a little more sociology but we uh mm. we intersect in areas yeah um i think that one of the key things to keep in mind as a person who is playing a, a different role and so i will talk a little bit more about this later i'm sure but it's not just larp or ttrpgs actors experience this as well yes um, but um Something to keep in mind is that it will happen to everyone. It does happen to everyone. Um, and what's really important about Bleed is figuring out what your coping mechanisms and your tools are to not only deal with that and what sort of talk that you're, you know, what, what sort of uh, introspection you have in regard to Bleed so that you are able to at least logically separate your emotions and your character's emotions, even if you're feeling you know, getting those pitter-patters or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, it's really fascinating, but you're right. Um, it can be very damaging if people mm. don't have the awareness or the tools. Yeah. It's like with anything in a TTRPG, it can be immensely rewarding. Taken too far, it can be immensely damaging. Everything is a scale and a... Yep. Where have the words gone from? I've stolen days? them. Like a fey creature, I have carried them into my bag of words, and I can use them forevermore, and they're no longer yours. That was really good voice acting. I really enjoyed yeah. that. Not, not I like this lie. character. Thanks. I don't know what this character is, but I like it. Um, ah, there's um, real-world examples of bleed mm. as well. Um have you guys ever woken up from a dream or a nightmare um, and either... So, for example, a partner cheats, cheats on you in a dream uh, or you are confronted by something that's very, very scary and then when you wake up, you are either narked at your partner still or you are afraid of something now because of the dream. Have you ever experienced that? Yes. I am... Um, right. I'm not... As much, I just get in like an overall bad mood, which is still bleed. <laughs> That's still bleed. Yeah, it's still bleed. <laughs> I uh, I don't get as specific. I think I compartmentalize well, but I'm still like I'm in a bad mood because somebody said something shitty to me while I was asleep in my dream. Sam, <laughs> <laughs> <That's laughs> you sounded like you maybe had a story. Oh. I it, specifically for dreams. I was very happy because uh uh my partner and I went halves on a, a roadcaster as like a soundboard thing. It's very expensive. It's now broken. Uh, and in my dream, I managed to fix it. And I woke oh. up and I was very happy. And I was like, oh, that's really easy to fix. And then I was like, no, that's not how that works. That was a dream. And I was like, ah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I've had those where yeah. I wake up feeling like really rewarded about something that's happened in a dream. And then I'm like, that didn't happen. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. Shit. <laughs> So as far as I am aware, that is kind of the closest that we come to understanding um, two effectively sort of separate realities and having that movement between them without a filter in between. 
mm. which is what bleed is to have a, an emotion that affects you um in uh in a scenario that does not exist yeah. um or, or is not corporeal um there is very much that it's still real to me damn it argument but for the time being we'll sort of use this as like um everything that is real and corporeal and it's the players and it's the table and then everything else as your characters and the world that you are set in as that sort of secondary stage. And there being no filter in between that is you playing as that character. Um, And fantasy can be incredibly um, influential to you and change your life and change your views. Yes. But it is fantasy. And that's, that's where we're at. That's, that's the nitty gritty we're going to get down to this episode. <laughs> I, so I've, I've been doing a bit of uh, research. I've been filtering through uh, a lot of our LARP kind of communities. Uh, I've been going on some messaging boards. I've been going on some like articles about this kind of thing because um, it is kind of underrepresented in the, in the discussion. And I think it's lesser used. Uh, I will highlight at this point, which is about halfway down through our notes. Uh, I was flicking through I also bought the the Help Trans Rights in Florida bundle, which is 500 RPGs. So I flicked through as many of those as I could to try and get uh, bleed uh, mechanics. I didn't get far. Um, so there's stuff in Thirsty Sword Lesbians, uh, which talks about, hey, um, if you're feeling feelings and they're too strong for this table or you don't think, you can use the mechanics in supplement. You can nice. use... your they're, they're like, you know, a lot of this is like heavy role play. And if you're like, oh, this is a romantic scene or an antagonistic scene. And if you're not feeling it or it just becomes too real or the bleed doesn't match up, they say, we've got mechanics for that. It's literally a TTRPG. Roll some dice at the thing and it will happen for you. See how it goes. Yeah. Nice. See how it goes. I like that. Uh, Good Society, chapter two, part of the collaboration. So a lot of the groundwork that happens is uh, much like a session zero, you're going to be drawing lines and boundaries as the first thing you're doing, especially with Good Society, which is meant to be like a Regency era, uh, Jane Austen, uh, uh, like role-playing game there's going to be a lot of feelings there's going to be confessions of love there's going to be confessions of hate and things so it's you're really going to be involving a lot of your emotions so the bleed is gonna happen mm. but you write boundaries and lines uh, for stuff so if you say okay mine's a non-romantic character don't do don't romance to yeah, me yeah. because like either if you can't handle that bleed or you just don't want to that's fine and that's always fine at every single table uh, there's a bit of a, a so it's kind of under talked about i think it's hopefully people try and talk about it in their safety tools but it's not quite the same thing so in ttrpgs and larping there are this mm. or, or actually larping was one i wanted to get to because that's i would i would argue closer to acting um yeah physically sure. because you are in the getup, you are in that state you are moving as your character you are more closely fitted to your character i would say and um, what's more, just to interject, it's almost entirely improv. Uh, so you're going off the cuff as well. So you are kind of falling back and relying on your own, maybe not your reactions necessarily, but maybe. Yeah. The physicality so, that you are presenting um, as as both your, technically, I guess, as both yourself and this character. It, from your guys' experiences having LARPed and role-played as two separate things, do you find Bleed is stronger in LARP or stronger in TTRPGs? I'm going to let you go first, Sam, because I feel like I'm going to get off on a tangent. 
I'm happy for a tangent, but I will start. <laughs> yeah, it's super. I think, I think it can be super. It can be as strong as you're putting in. I have felt it strongest at LARPs. I once played a bad guy uh, with a group of friends who I was previously playing a nice guy with, uh, and then I felt really upset and my feelings were really hurt uh, because I didn't properly put in the boundaries and I didn't set up the ha establish how this was going to work, and so I had a really terrible time. Oh. Uh, so I experienced quite a, a lot of uh, harsh bleed out of that character into my personal life. Uh, and then and then I managed to sit around and talk to him and it was fine. But yeah, so that's that's kind of like some of my background into that kind of experience. As CJ. an aside, um, a lot of people in LARP, especially, uh, because I think there are less boundaries and it's and um, it's your responsibility to set those boundaries, which first you have to know about the boundaries and know how to do that for yourself and so on, which is, you know, only briefly covered in most LARP workshops. So... <laughs> Um, I have found that routinely and regularly, people struggle to play bad guys. You are nowhere near alone in that situation, mm -hmm. Sam. I mean, everyone has different LARP bleed, regard, you know, regardless of what. But bad guys, I have seen, and this is this is not a negative thing. It's an observation. But I've seen person after person fall mid LARP. Just I can't do this anymore. I have to change my character. Yeah. And the problem is. This is not their fault and not a bad thing. Um, it's really good that they've realized that. But oftentimes, depending on the LARP, you only have room for so many bad guys. And so if somebody who's playing a bad guy mid-LARP goes, I can't do this, I'm outie, um, then suddenly a large group of people doesn't have an antagonist. Yeah. So uh, it is better for you to take care of yourself. A, a LARP company that I really res respect in America one of their mottos is uh, people are more important than LARPs. And they make <laughs> you say that every multiple times every pre-LARP workshop. And I think it has set a really important precedent for that specific community. But um, so the first and foremost, are you okay? Is everyone okay? Yeah. Now, if we're talking about story and, and stuff, you know, there's always ways to make up for it and fix it. So it's not a problem. But it definitely does have a sudden shift for everyone, including the person who realized they need to shift their character. And that can be a lot of work then subsequently to be like, OK, either can I redeem this character or can I get some out of character time with the people who play closest with me to tell them, hey, I just need you to treat me like I've always been this way because I just can't do this anymore. And it's always either is okay, but it is just a lot of work. Yeah. Um, and a lot of in the moment work. So it's, I always, I don't tell people not to do it because it can be really fun and really rewarding when you set the boundaries and when people are also approaching you um, with respect to your boundaries is another thing, but it can be really rewarding to be a bad guy. But it's got to yeah. be done, especially with that deep, you are there in person, as you've said, in costume, improving this whole thing. Um, that's one of the most personal you can get, because even as an actor, we have a script. Yeah, I, I actually resonate with that. I've realized because when we did D&D &D in the castle, I was I NPC'd as one of the, the antagonists for Guy Sklander's campaign. And I realized that now and I'm like, oh God, yeah, no, actually thinking about it, I mirrored, I, I, I changed my behavior because of the way Jess, the player felt to the mm -hmm. character. 
I had no problem being the bad guy. Like, ah, yeah, I'll come in. I'll fuck shit up. I'll leave. This is going to be great. (laughs) Uh, Got all dressed up, um, pirate style. um, Stormed in. And, oh, God. Like, I, I, I went to the table and their faces lit up. And they were so happy I was there. And then I was like, oh, if I hurt any of you, I'm going to crumble into mm-hmm. dust. Like, I can't be the bad No. And so I realized, like, I was doing everything in my power to give them the chance to escape. And, yeah. I, I, like, I can see, and I, I could probably, a guy probably knew that as well as he was watching me. Like, I have, I, I, she was a Hexblade warlock. She could have pulled out a weapon at any point and gone, and gone ham, and she didn't. Um, yeah. And she was very much actively just not hurting them. Um, I wish I, 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 I wish I hadn't, or I wish I had done. I wish I kind of had given her more of that edge. But Jess, the player, was so happy to be smiled at by five oh. people who were, who were there having the nicest time. And I was like, the idea of taking one of these people away from their party right now fills me with dread. Uh, hmm. Skylar Scala retreats. But it's but it's not cowardice. Ah! And then <laughs> runs out the door. Um, Until we meet again, I, he man. <laughs> I don't know the scenario, so I can't fit, say for sure. But I will say more often than not, when I see that sort of thing happen, it still ends up being more fulfilling for all people involved because everybody's into it. Yeah, you're not hmm. um, held up on whatever that whatever's going on for you in that moment yeah. and trying to force yourself into doing that. Instead, you're like, I'm going to give these people a really great experience. It might not be the one that we were originally planning, yep. but it's going to be great. And <laughs> usually it works out really nicely. So, you know. It's good. There was, um, I remember, okay. I think as well, from, oh no, I am misremembering something entirely. Ah, that's also, that is also something that happens with bleed, um, mm. is that emotions can impact memory. Oh yeah, uh, it happens in real life too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can be uh, in any sort of given scenario experiencing something as your character and it can warp your sense of memory while at the table as well, um, mm-hmm. which can lead to arguments. It can lead to uh, incredible friendships blossoming. It, it can do a lot of stuff, but being aware of it means that you are more in control of how you shape it um, and how you use it. Uh, instead of, I guess, sort of like running willy nilly and being like, no, we've had all of these incredible memories together. We're de- we're we're the be- we're best best friends in real life, and then you actually realise that no, you don't know this person. You know the character that they play, but you don't actually know them, um, or something to that effect. And I, I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. I, no, finish that thought, and I, I'm gonna move on to a different thing that's adjacent. Ooh. Okay, yeah, because uh, essentially, um, nope, I've lost it. <laughs> That's fine. If it comes back, I'll edit it back in. Oh, I I will say one thing um, briefly, one thing that I've tried to do in my own as a person communication about in character situations is when I'm talking out of character to someone about it. I try not to because I understand a lot of it is subjective and experiential. um, I try not to say this is what happened. I say, from my perspective, or from my perspective, this is what happened. Or um, if I'm talking about an experience my character had, I'd be like, this is how Kirim saw that at this time. Yeah. 
you know, um, or Kieran said this, and if you want some back context, uh, he said it because he thought he was getting this point across or he thought, you know, mm. and it's your choice um, how your character receives that. But if you want them to have gotten the correct context, this is or, or the meant context, this yes. is the intended context from the character. Yeah. So I'm very careful. It's that it's that very basic. I feel I, you know, yes. <laughs> rather yeah. than this happen, but I've kind of taken that a step further just because in the different times I've had you, I have only a few times, and I don't have an example, um, only a few times have someone said something that happened at the table that I went, what? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it does occasionally happen. Mm. Um, and I will let you segue into the next thing, um, Sam. What I, what I was going to say is we've obviously talked about quite, uh, you know, um, as you say, maladaptive things that are happening with bleed. But bleed is 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 an is a not necessary. It's a byproduct of something you're doing when you're engaging with the art because it is an art. Effectively, mm -hmm. we're we're performing. We are performing art here. And two aspects that I want to talk. I want to talk about the bleed out and bleed in. So mm -hmm. to bleed in, Jess and I are in our Dragonlance campaign are playing characters who know each other really well, who yes. are best of friends, and we are bleeding in from our real life experience of being best friends for like 15 years. Are we best friends? Slaps. Yeah, of course we're best friends. Holy fuck! <laughs> Is this news? <laughs> I know, I just like it when someone's like, that's my best friend. I, I, I like that. <laughs> Let me have that. <laughs> no, it's very lovely. I have a feeling if 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 in-game Valaris called Wall it, uh, his best friend, she would I'm react pretty similarly. <laughs> I'm I'm just... <laughs> but that's the bleed in you know we're, we're, that's the bleed in. We're, we're we're playing characters who know each other very well we've got like a very kind of like um uh jocular like relationship like uh, anytime we emit big feelings like valaris just like punches wall's arm or something like it's like well i don't know punch um so like we, we, <laughs> that's a bleed in from what we know of each other and it works yeah. really well because we can use that as a framing device yes to understand how we're going to act what's the vibe here and mm. i will also say that bleed out is also important a lot of people have cited bleed out or going to larpers like hey i've been to larpa now i'm actually more confident i have better speaking skills because if my character can like go in front of the emperor yes. and say some big important shit i can talk to greg about being a dickhead at work like i can <laughs> do these types of things so there there are i mean as you say maladaptive bleed can personally harm you but actually bleed in and bleed out is not all necessarily bad no definitely that's true not. and i think a lot of people don't think about the positive bleed um i think i experience positive bleed more than i experience negative bleed mm. same um but uh, and I think I explain. I think I experience <laughs> bleed out um, more than I experience bleed in. Um, I too think I explain yeah. bleed out more than <laughs> I, I experience bleed in. <laughs> um, and in many cases, that's been very positive uh, to me. Um, just helped me whether it's have confidence or care a little less about what someone thinks or whatever the particular no. character does um in like a, a real world setting um like so i can i can identify that like bleed out has absolutely made me very much more aware of my ability to talk and speak and find ways to be listened to more importantly i think um but in real world settings in psychology there are um there are 
effectively two ways in which this is sort of classified as disengagement and dissonance mm-hmm. um, when you want to stop it or when you want to cut it off effectively because, oh, you know, everybody has that fantasy in their head, maybe whether it's you're reading a book and you identify with the character and you fall in love with them a little bit or you watch an anime a bit too much and buy a body pillow, whatever it may be, as long as you're happy and it's not hurting anyone else, you do you. It's great. Um but trying to stop those feelings and stand them off is a different thing. Um, disengagement is where you identify the feeling head on and disregard it and go, oh, I can see it. And then you just shut it down. You don't even think about it. It's almost like it enters like a void in your head and you, you begin to stop. Um, well, and you can similarly use those tools. And please, just disclaimer, um, Therapy is important. In some, mm-hmm. sometimes your brain also needs medication, and that's okay. Yes. I'm not saying this is um, this is one tool in a whole toolbox. <laughs> Absolutely, but you can use disengagement towards non uh, non bleed related things. Yeah. You can because because sometimes your brain will say a thing to you that makes absolutely no sense or you'll feel a way that feels out of context with the situation and you can also I just wanted to jump in here because it's such a useful tool yeah you can utilize disengagement for those things as well so it is a incredibly helpful tool to have in your little mental health toolbox yeah it's also I would argue one of the hardest to get oh yeah sort of like on top of like <laughs> there's there's very few people who will be like um it, a smoker for example uh, a smoker will will not be like i just don't want to smoke anymore and we're done yeah uh, we put them we and whenever like a, a cigarette comes up it's just like well i just won't have one it's, it's, mm. there's, yeah, there's, very there's a very very rare <laughs> kinds of people and if you have any if they're out there and they're listening and have any tips and tricks as to how to achieve that please for the love of god come forward and tell me i will also <laughs> say it's situational as well without yeah. getting too far off onto this um you know tangent because i did have a point in my life where i was feeling very depressed and thinking a lot of negative thoughts and mm. i literally and i hate it when people pretty much ins- insinuate you can do this i literally woke up one day and went i need to stop and I stopped. However, I have also had times in my life where I went, wow, I need to stop. And I remember a time where I did that successfully. Hmm. Why isn't this working? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's not a foolproof thing. Like nothing is, nothing in life is. But if in a TTRPG space, LARP space, you are getting these feelings of bleed and they are either, they are not serving you, they are not helping you to fulfill your fantasy, um, then disengagement is a tool what Um, about dissonance jess dissonance is where you have you hold one belief and your actions contradict it completely uh and again the the example that we're given at university is a smoker that that knows that um it's bad for them and they continue to smoke uh which is what most people have um dissonance is that that sort of constant knowledge and the inaction to be able to counteract the action itself um dissonance is not helpful dissonance sits at the back of your head and dissonance feeds guilt if you are feeling dissonance to an action or a bleed action in particular in ttrpg it it really should be addressed that's something that you should probably bring forward um Mm -hmm. and talk to people about and go i i know i acted like this but i'm feeling like this can someone can what can i talk to the group about it because uh 
my my belief as a character does not align to my actions as as a person or the way that I am mm. playing, and this is causing friction and issues. Um, that dissonance is not it. It's a tool, but it's not helpful uh, usually. Um, cognitive dissonance, to give it its full sort of yes. name, generally. I would say cognitive dissonance is not a tool, but it's a flag. Yeah. And I think it's an incredibly, I would say that nine times out of 10, I might be overestimating, but nine times out of 10, it's probably going to be your first warning sign. Yes. Um, you're going to start feeling that dissonance. And if you don't address it, mm. then it's going to get worse and worse. Yeah. Um, there was a story that I read uh, on a blog post um, regarding uh, a group that had gotten together to play and two players began an in-game relationship. Um, at the time, both of them had partners uh, in real world. And so this in-game relationship, um, they, when learning the other one had a partner, went, ooh, okay, but it's not like, this doesn't affect that, so it's okay. But also, I know they have a partner, it's kind of wrong, but it, it's not hurting on anyone in-game, it's fine. And that's dissonance, that's the first red flag. So yeah. that bleed, again, sort of knowing that there are perhaps feelings going on in-game when you have um, somebody who might be hurt by that on the outside, is if you're not communicating it, especially with them or, or outside of the group, then yeah that's dissonance, that's harmful, and that's when you need to begin to address the bleed itself. Also communicating with your partner. Yes. Um, I know my partner and I, we have rarely uh, engaged in relation, like in character relationships outside of our um, relationship, but that was, but we're very, very open to it. It's just most of the time we end up playing very complimentary characters. I would say... Um, in this situation, in, in our our table, and don't quote me on it, but in our current Dragonlands campaign, I would say it is very unlikely for our two characters to get together. Um, <laughs> and that's that's actually, um, I would say, 70-30. Um, mm. Just, Ooh. yeah, uh, sometimes we play characters that are already together just because we're comfortable and we're ready to do that especially at LARPs, which is, uh, we do blockbusters mostly. So that's a weekend and then you're done, you know, like a bit of a whirlwind to begin with. Uh, and we don't play a lot of tabletop together. We mostly do LARP together, but um, but we're both okay with the other person having in-character relationships, but just like any sort of thing that could affect your relationship, we have taken the time to sit down discuss possibilities, discuss how we say, mm, actually, maybe not, or, you know, how we bat if we need to back up sort of thing, and what we're okay with and what we're not okay with. And for yeah. us, it's mostly like, you know, talk about it. Um, we trust each other. In In the case, in my case, um, I'm also, as although I don't do it as much anymore, but um, I do theater. So there's also that sense, like some people are not comfortable Hmm. with their partners playing um, characters that have a romantic relationship on stage. I personally could never be with someone like that, but it hmm. is your own choice and it's your choice between you and your partner. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things that if you're starting to feel like, if you're starting, if you've already um, established, if you've had that communication and established that with your partner and you're still starting to feel like something's wrong, 
then there's something else going on. I I um I had a romantic uh, plot at a LARP once, uh, mm. and we took it back, and I talked to my partner, and my partner was like, I don't feel great about it, and we we're like, cool. So we talked about the we talked to the other person, and said we're just gonna drop it and everyone was like yeah great fine so it's it's communication yeah. across the board it's making sure everything's fine if yeah. any one person's not okay with it then it stops yep because as soon as that happens uh then you know you don't it's it's yeah as cj as you said that said the american uh laps is like people before laps yeah like yes yeah. there's um, there's no story you're telling that's more important than the no. real life relationships you have with the people you love. Absolutely not. Someone will try and fight you on that. You problem. know it. Yeah. Some some problem. Some problem person will be like, no, no, my story needs to be told the way I feel it. Um, <laughs> like you can. And then yourself. at that point, it's not a story. It's just your life that's yeah. different. Um, yeah. Remember, your character exists in this non-existent plane. It's not real. It's not corporeal. The people that you're playing with are. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Would you like go. to hear some tips that I managed to uh, harvest off the internet? Yes, please do. So I found uh, two sets of um, recommendations and I kind of summarized the, the second half. So there's kind of like an in-game care uh, and then there's an aftercare. So the in-game care starts with, number one, be conscious. Uh, notice if, you're, if you are feeling strong feelings in your roleplay take a pause and i will say at every LARP event or any ttrpg event if i've made like a little t symbol with my hands uh everyone even if people go what is that and i just go that's a timeout. can we just like speak about this and you can just drop your voice or you can just go like hey checking in are we all good and then you can and then if they go yeah i'm having a great time are you okay yeah great and then you go cool let's get back into it and then you yeah. punch them um, yeah. Some people, some LARPs, it's the okay symbol. Okay, okay, yeah. just like scuba divers. Uh, some people, it's thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, thumbs down. But there's usually a visible sign like, hey. And I'm that's a safety okay. tool. Yeah, um, safety tools. There's no reason you can't apply those to TTRPGs as well. Yeah. Just a, just a timeout, wherever that may be, even if it's online. You guys, you, you, you can do visual symbols. Heck, if anything, online, you can message your your person that you're having said interaction with or the group and be like, is this okay? So as not to take yeah. away from the atmosphere. Oh, yeah. Um, if you, you want to do it that way. Definitely do that. You can. I've I've had interactions and on stream, which it makes sense because you want to really set a precedent where someone will literally go, hey, uh, this is a yellow topic, this, and so on and so forth. Or... Um, or like um, yellow topic. My characters, if it's okay with you, my character's gonna put their hands on your face and come in and kiss you, or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, and I have not found that someone saying yellow topic takes me out, hmm. but um, I, I don't think I would do it as much in to be just completely honest and open. I don't think I would do it as much in a home game, but hmm. I think. Um, normally the one of the big differences between streams and home games depending on the stream is that you're playing with people either you know and trust or at least you come to know and trust yeah whereas streams change cast um or you might be being brought from all different ends of the world with very different lenses and so on and so forth and so you don't have as much context on those people at that moment so yeah mm. Safety tools are great. I love them. 
as a blanket safety tool at that point as well, if you if you know that you are a strong feeling role player, um, do not just with a new group, don't go in hard. Mm. Test the water in one, your session zero, and then two, your session one. It, the numbers there are confusing, but you'll get them. Um, <laughs> you don't, whatever you do, never make the assumption that everybody's on your level because you are, you operate at a different scale mm-hmm. generally. Um, don't go ahead in unless you've had the big talks and chats with everyone like, hey, I, I, I like to feel stuff a lot. Let's go. Right. Um, but you you play with one person like that one time and go, cool, I never want to play with that guy ever again. That was too full on and there was no warning whatsoever that this switch would occur. Yeah. Mm. One, if you if you know that that's how you play, if you are aware enough to know that, let people know, session zero, session one. And then if at any point they say, nah, timing out of that, you need to either tone it down to your table's level or find a new table. Well, and also I want to say, um, we touched on this many, many episodes ago. We talked a little bit about some of our experiences that were not so good. Mm. Um, I think that it is easy to develop a strong bond and a sense of trust with your tabletop group quickly, unless it is hurt in some way or damaged in some way. The problem is if you're not communicating, which I've found recent groups I've been with do reasonably well at communication. So I don't have this concern. Yeah. But if you're not communicating, but you have that deep trust and bond really quick with people, then you're going to be vulnerable in ways uh, that leave you open to not only hurting other people, but being hurt. Yeah. Um, and that did for sure happen with one group I had where there were a lot of people who implicitly trusted each other. And um, but and some of those people were, were readily communicating, but in other cases, there were people that were in this group as well that were not communicative, difficult, and causing some of this uh, pain and di- dissonance and mm. um, so on. And also, um, you know, at least one case of someone who was going through some stuff and maybe playing through it too much as their character without having that introspection. Mm. So it became a really emotionally messy situation because there was a lot of trust and a lot of openness, but not the necessary communication to pair with that. Yeah. So that could be... (laughs) <laughs> and, and some of the some of the mechanics and things that we've discussed are very cooperative. We're to, we're asking for timeouts, but at all at all times, especially in LARPs, especially in TTRPGs, or in any situation, if you're uncomfortable and it doesn't work, just leave. Yes. Like, and I know that puts a lot of onus on the person who's being uh, who's undergoing a lot of the strong emotions. But you can always leave any situation, and honestly, like that's sometimes the best thing to do. And, and and sometimes just practice that, like just leave a scene that's not comfortable for you. I've done it at LARPs where there's some uh, some subject matter that's really triggering for me. I've let the people get on who are fully like uh, who've fully put their own boundaries in. I came in a kind of adjacent to it and it just didn't it really harshed me. So I just mm-hmm. left and then I communicated with them and said that was too much for me. I hope you guys had a wonderful time, but it's OK. I just left and it was mm. fine. I was fine. Nice. They weren't mad at me. Yeah, there's, there's lots of different steps you can take, and it really just boils down to 
what you're feeling you should do and can handle at the time. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, what other? That... Oh, was that was all about... of them? No, no, no. I was about to say, so there's, so we've kind of gone in with like checking on other players, make sure you're okay. Explore your out of game feelings. Like, uh, you know, am I bleeding into this situation? Is there some external stuff? You know, have, has a recent big life event changed how I'm going to be role playing and interacting with this scene? And if so, just kind of consider that and and be aware. (laughs) It didn't, which is nothing short of miraculous, but I want to give (laughs) serious props to my GM um, on Spelljammer. Because, I kid you not, early last year, I created a character whose main trauma was that uh, she, her mother was a cleric, her father was a kind of space pirate, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And her father, we find out later, and it's been a really intensely satisfying character arc. It's just, everything's been so... Mm, I'm chef's kiss, but uh, we find out later the reason that they're that uh, I'm just going to use the character's name as Lore. Lore's father ghosted the family is because it was actually too dangerous if um, he led them the you know the people after him back to the family would put the yeah. whole people everyone in trouble, right? But Lore didn't know this growing up, and Lore pretty much like handled a lot of the family stuff alone and then their mom got sick and then she died oh fuck well for Hmm. those of you who are listening who don't know me personally my mother died in december i have i've played like orphans before that are just like you know that D orphan trope that are just like i don't have parents and it's not a thing but i decided i'm gonna play a character whose primary trauma that informs all of their choices was that they couldn't save their mom, that oh, they wrote hell. a letter to their dad um, begging him to find a solution to save her, and he never responded, um, oh. That uh, and that they took this all like on their thing. They had a big thing about trying to protect everyone and save everyone because they couldn't save their mom. And my GM came to me and was like, hey... i just want to let you know that anything we need to change we can and i was like i'm gonna take a couple days to sit on this but i'm feeling that i compartmentalize okay and that this will be rewarding for me but i want to think about it yeah and then came back just to reaffirm and i was like okay i really like this arc that i feel that i have been able to separate myself from lore pretty well um there are a lot of ways in which we differ um and i have noticed when i feel the feeling i've immediately been able to be like this is a lore feeling and we'll put it in this little box and we'll leave the lid open uh but we'll just we'll we'll just lore feeling doing a lore thing um and i said but i promise i'm taking this on myself now because you you you've done a lot of work and i appreciate this i promise if that changes, I'll let you know. But holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> Going through a thing. Yes. Um, and it would be so easy if I was a method actor. And I don't think we're going to have too much time talking about the uh, to talk about the theater side of Glee. Um, but if I was a method actor, it would have been really easy to be like, oh, do you know how I could get a really good scene out of this? If I think really hard about how my mom just died. 
no, yes. <laughs> stop. <laughs> um, so it was, it, yeah, it, it's really wild when something like that happens. And that's a very extreme case, obviously. And um, because I have the tool, I can't imagine how I would have handled that five, six years ago, whatever. I can't imagine. But because mm. I have those tools now, it was a pretty painless process. It's real good. Yeah. God. Not to like drop a bombshell, but like I mean, when it comes time. to when it comes to giving or like advice about what is arguably one of the toughest experiences that you can experience and then also role playing it at the same time. Yeah, no. Um you've 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 topped it. I'm not going <laughs> to I'm not. I can't. I can't beat it. I, um, <laughs> I don't think anyone can. I will say that um, I will very briefly touch on theater in that there's many, many different types of um, acting theories, uh, and my the one I was brought up in was one pioneered primarily by a woman named Uta Hagen, and one of the keys is not to become the character and feel the feelings, but rather in order to represent a feeling, you might have to think of something else or you might have to draw from somewhere else. It's not as scary as method acting, in my opinion, but it still can be difficult if you do not learn those boundaries and those safety tools. Yeah. So basically, instead of being like, all right, I'm playing Fantine from Les Miserables, um, but I'm a method actor, so I am going to live my next blank amount of time as Fantine. I'm going to feel the feelings of dying from syphilis, you know, etc. Um, that's method acting. You, it gets a bad rap probably for good reason because not enough oh, people yeah, have all, the safety tools and the boundaries. Yeah, we've all heard um, the crazy stories of um, actors who have gone so far off the wet rails, like they're leaving dead rats in their um, co-stars' rooms and... Yeah demanding that people beat them on the back with a horse riding crop or something just to, exactly. to get to get in the, the zone like no mm, no that's <laughs> unhealthy and unhelpful to not only you but everyone else around you as well exactly so then the next thing that helps with that level of authenticity is this sort of married method where but you do need those tools so instead of being fontaine um maybe and i'm gonna I'm making this up, but so instead of becoming Fantine and knowing how dying from syphilis feels and all those things, maybe when I'm singing I Dreamed a Dream, which is basically her saying, um, my life could have been so different. Maybe I'm thinking about how I turned down an offer from a university, or maybe I'm thinking about how um, I broke up with someone I was actually in love with or whatever. Hmm. Uh, and basically you're singing these words and you're reflecting on that time, but there is still the the distance of mm. I'm I'm emoting about a real emotion but this character is not me this thing they're going through is not what I've gone through um I'm just leaning on my own emotions to portray that and yeah I don't do that as much in streaming and TTRPGs because it's a little much uh, <laughs> to be to be honest it's a little much but it does work really well for acting um, and I, I think that what really boils down from all this discussion we've had is that um, recognizing the things that are, um, you know, the dissonance and uh, recognizing 
problems or lack of communication or X, Y, Z. And also having the tools to do that communication or do that work or do that introspection is the difference between a, or can mean the difference between a fun and safe experience for you and an unfun and unsafe experience for you and your fellow fellow players. Your fellow players. players. (laughs) So yeah, Yeah, I think. That works. Um, In terms of getting out of it as well, if you've been, if you, if you do go full method actor on it, and decide like, no, no, I am, I am going to be the character. Um, ways of getting out of it. Um, talking to someone who is outside of your game mm-hmm. about what's happening in game and how you are feeling as two separate entities. Um, that will always give you perspective because they've got no idea what's happening in the fantasy realm that exists only in a place that they cannot see. Um, and also you that they go to work with every day or whatever it may be. Um, and also, like, have a, have a look online for um, actual expert advice as well. We're just a couple of weirdos sat in rooms that aren't anywhere near each other. Except, no, you two kind of are. But, like, yeah. I'm, I'm away like from you. Like a mile. We're just chatting yeah. shit and, and, and theorizing about a bunch of stuff. We are not yeah. the experts, but there are plenty of experts out there who have really good, really in-depth um, resources that you can access most of them for free uh, was it live action role play I think Sam was one that you yes, mentioned I will pop that into the show notes so I think I think coming to coming to summarize our notes uh, so a lot of these <laughs> act- advice that we've uh, given here are taking steps against bleed within the game uh, a really important thing is outside of that for aftercare take care of yourself physically mentally spiritually However that means, you need to understand what your aftercare looks like. But most of all, go wash, eat, sleep. Like you'll feel, <laughs> you'll feel surprisingly better after you take care of your body. Uh, exercise is always good. Um, but also like engage with your emotions afterwards in a constructive way and check in with people outside and around you. It might be because I stream late. It might be one of the factors here. But I cannot tell you the number of times I've finished a game and been just completely drained and like, Oh, and then I sleep and the next day I wake up and I was like, that was a really good session. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes it takes yep. that distance. That it do. As uh, words of wisdom from Mama Jewel, um, things are always worse at, at their worst, first thing in the morning and last thing at night. Oh, yeah. Uh, never make decisions past 9 p.m. Blessed be Mama Jewel. That's big Mama Jewel energy. And that's just, that's in life as well as as role playing. Uh, My mum doesn't role play. I wish she would. It would be great. Um, (laughs) But just in life. Um, And be kind to yourself as well. And if you are recognizing actually that despite the aftercare and the steps that, uh, that, that are available to you, you are still not feeling great or you are feeling too involved, or people are telling you that, you know, this may be, you're maybe taking it too far. Never be afraid to go and have a look at therapy. It's for everyone. It's so I great. promise. I it promise. Um, therapy slaps, quote Sam. <laughs> <laughs> therapy fucking slaps. Have a look. What's the worst that could happen? You come away feeling better? Huh? Um, but yeah. I mean, realistically... 
the worst that could happen is you really did not like that experience and maybe uh, hopefully you look for someone else that jives with you better yeah but it's worth it it really is hey guys this has become the get therapy episode but really get therapy get therapy please (laughs) i swear please i swear to god get therapy this episode Uh, sponsored by BetterHelp. (laughs) I wish that they're mm. making bank right now. Let's see about that one. Hey, better help. <laughs> Take my money. Oh, excellent. And I think with that, we've come to the end of this week's At The Table. Thank you very much for joining us on our incredibly emotive and hopefully not bleed out journey I don't, I've forgotten all of the terms because my, my brain is mush presently. Um, but this has been very eye-opening for me. Um, and yeah, let's let's all go into the world knowing that maybe, just maybe, we know how to deal with our emotions a little bit better now while at yeah. the table. Just start safe. Or safe. Gosh, this was going to be so good and then I forgot the word. <laughs> uh, take two. Yeah. Gentle. Okay, par- just start gentle parenting yourself, guys. It, it's... <laughs> It's a good, it's a good, it's a good, yep, just do it. You're it's allowed a good. to watch Bluey. Bluey's good, yep. okay? And if I've you cried don't a lot. Want, it's great. If, if you, you don't wanna, want, go ahead, sorry. If you don't want Bluey, Papa's Forbidden Manga Shelf is always there for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I wanted to say. Thank oh, you no. so much. Right, okay. <laughs> CJ, where can we find your work when you're not here? Hi, everyone. My name is CJ Starry, and you can find me by that name on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, but there's a dot in the middle, like a like a full stop in the middle of CJ and Starry because someone has taken the other one. <laughs> and uh, that's that's about it right now. If you want to watch me do some TTRP streams, you can find me on Ink and Liar, L-Y-R-E, and also on the Onyx Path. And I will see you again in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Whoop, whoop. Jess, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at CJ Starry, all one word. That's mine. <laughs> it's, it's not. Yes. <laughs> no, you can find me on Instagram at Jula Hoop. I'm very rarely on there. I mainly just shit post. Um, but you can find me on Twitter as well, where, again, I just shit post at Dr. B's, all one word, no dot in the middle. <laughs> and. <laughs> And when I'm not busy uh, being an absolute um, arsling, I uh, I will occasionally be over on Questing Time um, on Twitch. That is uh, twitch.tv slash Questing Time, all one word. And you can also follow Questing Time on Twitter, uh, which I believe is Questing Time. Yeah, it's just Questing Time straight. Um, yeah, no dots. Funny that. Um, I only, only me. <laughs> you. I'm genuinely going to see if I can buy CJ Starry just so that I can have it. Just message this. And I think it's someone, if I remember correctly, it's someone who's never posted as well. Oh, that's that's so mean. Oh, that's ridiculous. Golly. That feels targeted. That's it felt right. targeted. Like, who else? Now I'm going to try and take them down. Um, <laughs> hey, Sam, where can we find more yeah. of your stuff? Uh, you're already here, so oh. like that's the main thing I'm doing. So thanks, everyone. Uh, I'm, on, I'm Project Headphones on... Instagram uh, on which I don't do much of on Twitter which yeah I'm mainly shit posting or retweeting Lancer stuff so if you're there like wow 
Okay, he's fine. Uh, I'm going to try and make more TikToks. Uh, the, the one TikTok I made for like, hey, does anyone in Canada want a free book? Everyone thinks it's a scam, which is fair. Um, like I still have 70 pounds in that weird account that I can't use any other way. So if you're in Canada and you want a TTRPG book through Amazon, let me know. I can I can buy it for you. I can't do anything else with it. Uh, <laughs> but yes. Uh, and then you can contact me on email at sam at projectheadphones.com. But yeah, thank you ever so much for, for joining us, everyone. It's been wonderful. Woo. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to our show. At the Table has been a Project Headphones production. You can see more of our work over at projectheadphones.com. To get in contact with the show, please email at the table at projectheadphones.com and please remember to rate, review and share amongst your friends. It's the best way we can get the show out there and do bigger things. Our music was Captain Scurvy and Space Jazz by Kevin McLeod in computech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons Attributions for License. Thank you very much and roll well. <laughs>